and welcome back to the Beyond the Water podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cooper. We appreciate you for tuning in this week and just continuing and listening. It's greatly appreciated, everyone that tunes in, everyone that listens, everyone that shares, everyone that throws a comment, like, star rating on whatever. It's all appreciated. Each and every last one of you is appreciated when it comes to anything you do involving the podcast. We just we do this for fun. We do this to get some of the word out. And that's just what we're doing. Just out here having fun. This week, we're continuing the little mini-series we started last week on the teachings of Jesus. Um, and I'm really excited to continue this moving forward. I'm really excited for this week's... This week, our parable is the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower can be found in three of the Gospels. You find it in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. It's one of the few parables that's recorded in all three of those Gospels. There's there's others, obviously, but like this is one of the earliest ones, especially if you look in like in the chronological order that Mark and Luke are written. It's very early on, whereas Matthew, it covers a little bit more, and then it comes into this, but... This is one of those parables that is covered in all three Gospels. And I think that's really, really important. Because if you look at all three Gospels and you look at the parable of the sower, you see that in each of them, it's, it's the same. And this is important because it proves the validity of the Gospels. You have three people writing three different perspectives, but coming to the same general conclusion. So if you look at them in the three Gospels, there's a farmer who is, you know, he's throwing seed and seed falls on a path. It falls on the rock. It falls in the thorns and it falls on good soil. That is the same. That is identical in all three of the Gospels. And so that to me, you know, is incredibly, incredibly important. But looking at it in Matthew 13, you find this in verses 18 and 18 through 23. So it says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Oh, wait, nope, sorry, wrong ones. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's focus on the actual sower aspect, which is verses 3 through 9. Let's try this again. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell through the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in the rocky places where it did not have much soil, so it sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop in a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. It, it's important to me because this is, this is getting at the heart. If you look at any of any commentaries, listen to any sermons, anything that's talking about the parable of the sower. Um, you hear this idea that every time you, you, you hear this idea that the seed is the word of God and the places that the seed falls is, you know, the heart of a person or the type of people that the word may fall on. So like the, the path, you know, they have they have death ears, you know. There's no desire to understand or learn who God is or even take part in any quote unquote religion or anything along those lines. The death ears are 
just people who just don't care. I mean, for a lack of better terms. Um, then you have the, the Rocky, the Rocky people, which already, you know, right there, the Rocky, the, the relationship with God, with Christ is Rocky. I like to call it the New Year's resolution faith because we've all made New Year's resolutions. We all keep them for about six days. And then we're like, man, this eating healthy sucks. Or man, I thought working out was going to be a lot easier, but here I am six days in and I just I just don't want to keep doing it. I don't want to do this. This is becoming a chore. So, you know, it's a New Year's resolution faith. The thorns, you know, the thorns are a, a little bit different because the thorns take in some outside influences, you know. The thorns are the people who are going strong, but then hear so-and-so on Facebook say something. It's like, oof, maybe I don't believe what I think I do. Or they'll be going along and they'll hear some statement about how Christianity is keeping you from your liberal rights or something like that. They they take these outside influences and they, they get put in the way of their faith. So that's kind of what happens like with the seeds and the thorns. The the last one that falls on is that good soil. You know, that's a, the good soil is it's an open heart. It it's you know seeking Jesus and cultivating that relationship and taking the time to nurture it to to have it come through, to have it be part of something bigger, you know, because at the very end of those first little sets of verses you know, it still fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So it'd be like sowing three seeds and getting 90, 120, 180, or 300 plants out of it. Like, that is amazing. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that, that that's going to be something we talk about here, you know, in our, how to apply this to everyday life, how to apply this to our lives on a regular basis. But I think we got to look at these, you know, a little bit of, a little bit more in depth. So I'm going to take time to like look at the, the, the seed that fell in the path, the seed that fell in the rocky areas, the seed that fell in the, you know, I'm going to take time to look at all four of them and then we're going to come back and, and we're going to really, really ask some, some serious questions here. You know, so the path, we talked about this a little bit. The path is the, the death ears. The path are the people who, you know, they may have heard the gospel. They may have heard who Jesus was, but they, they just, they don't care. They, they don't think that they're, they need anything. You know, they are that quote unquote good person that doesn't do anything too bad. You know, they have good morals. They have good values, but, you know, they're still, they're still lacking, but they don't realize that they're lacking because they they don't want to know about Jesus. They don't care to learn about Jesus. And that that's disheartening to me as an individual because it's it's like why don't you? Why don't you want this great thing? They don't see it as a great thing. They just see it as a thing, another thing, something that could potentially be part of their lives. But um, looking at the thorns in a little more in depth here, you know, I, I co- or not the thorns, the rocky places. I jumped one. The rocky places. They, they are the New Year's resolutions. You know, we we all start there. 
I start there every year. And then I'm like, man, that don't, nope, I'm done. Don't care. It's not that great. It's okay, but not that great. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I could do this, but I'd rather do that. Or I could do, you know, I, I should do this, but nah, it's too much work. You know, it, it's, you start off super, super strong. You start off with, I'm going to do this. I got all this enthusiasm. Jesus is a great thing. But then, you know, a couple of bad things may happen or a couple of things may not go your way. And you're like, man, this is not at all what I expected it to be. This is not at all what I felt like I should have been promised as a Christian. And I don't think that's really like thought out very much because there's nowhere in line where it's like, Christianity is always this enthusiastic, always this rainbows and gumdrops activity. And I, I'm never going to sit here and, and give you this Christianity that's, oh, everything's fine. Become a Christian and your life will be perfect. I'm never going to give you any of that. You know, that's a fairy tale land that none of us live in because we live in a real world that's full of real sinners. And it causes real problems. It causes real conflict. But, you know, the good soil that, that takes the conflict and, and uses it in a positive manner to cultivate that relationship. But, you know, that rocky soil that started with so much pizzazz and so much gusto, as soon as all of that happens, it just, they just drop. They fall off the map. They fall into this place of despair that's really no fun to be in. And if you've ever been there, and I think at some point, some time in our relationship with Christ, we've all been there. We've all been in this place of despair that it's just, it's a chore. It's just no longer, like, I don't want to say enjoyable because that's not the right word, but we're no longer motivated to be, a, you know, to continue forward and continue doing it. And that's just not a great place to be. It's not a fun place to be. But then our next one is the thorns. The thorns. Ah, there's so many thorns in the world today, I feel like. The people that are influenced by what's going on around them, that's what's going on, you know, on the internet, what's being said in this post, that post, this podcast, that podcast. People who are influenced in whose perception of Christ changes due to negative, I want to say, I want to emphasize that we're negative outside influences that that's hinder the relationship with Christ. Obviously, there's plenty of positive outside influences. You know, there there's a, a thousands of great books out there for people to grow a deeper rela relationship with Christ. So there's millions of great sermons out there for people to grow deeper relationships with Christ. But those aren't the ones we hear about. You know, the ones that gain the most traction and the ones we hear about the most are the ones that are causing the biggest conflict, the ones that are making the biggest spectacle. The ones that are burning down as many bridges as they've, as they've built over the years. And those are the ones that gain traction, that gain momentum. Those are the ones we hear about. And like when you're hearing these things and making your decision on your eternal life based off of, you know, something somebody thought about for three and a half seconds, like that's not a great thing. Most of the times we don't know, we, they only thought about it for three and a half seconds. You know, there's all these outside influences that look really, really good. You know, they're, 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 a, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, one might say. 
And I don't want to, I'm not here to knock anybody and I'm not going to, you know, name names or name organizations or anything like that. Like, that's not my, not my, not my job. That's for you to determine and you to decipher on your own. But for me to tell you that there's, there's lots of them out there. Don't be influenced by some of these negative Christians that are out here for capital gain. As simply put as it is. There's Christians, and I say Christians, and lightly use the relative term of Christian. There's Christians out here who are strictly doing things for capital gain, whether it's book sales, whether it's you know YouTube views or sermon downloads or what, whatever it might be. There's plenty of them out there. Don't fall for that. Don't fall into that mess. They're not, they're not here for your betterment. They're not here to help your heart. They're here to pad their pockets. That's a tangent, I know, but I think it's important to 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 really know that and really be on that aspect of like, hey, I need to be more diligent about what I'm taking in, what I'm listening to, who I'm listening to, and as you do that, like as you start discerning, because you know discernment is part of growing in a deeper, you know, relationship with Christ and Christ likeness and all that is developing the skill of discernment and understanding what's good and what's not. As you develop that, you know, your thorny soil that was once influenced by all these outside voices, all these negative outside voices, you know, slowly starts to turn into this really, really good soil. You know, when you become that good soil, you know, you're, you're cultivating this relationship with Christ. You know, it's a priority. It's not just something that's there. It blossoms, comes out 30, 60, 100 fold. No, it, it takes work. It takes time. It takes dedication. You're, you're going in and, you know, you're pruning away the dead to make room for stuff that's alive. You're removing all the thorns so that way you can focus on what's there, what's good. You know, you're taking it from the birds to peck it away. Like, you're doing all these things. You're taking your time to make sure that it's taken care of and you don't stop once it's bloomed if, if think of it this way if you plant a rose bush maybe that's a terrible example i'm not a gardener but if you plant a flower and it blooms and you just leave it there inevitably it's going to die i do know that i don't have a green thumb that's how i know that if you plant anything you don't take care of it, you don't water it, you don't give it the appropriate amount of sunlight, you don't give it any extra nutrients that plants take in, you inevitably will kill that plant. In the same manner, manner, if you were not, you know, watering your relationship with Christ with, you know, his word, if you're not fulfilling it with nutrients, with constant quality teachings in Christ, you know, biblical teachings, if you're not, you know, taking care of it, if you're not cultivating it, if you're not working on it, if you're not doing these things, inevitably it's going to die and it's going to look like one of the other soils. It's going to end up dead. And I don't, I don't want that to be for anyone. I don't want that to be for you. You know, I want you to be a good soil. I want you to have that relationship that is 
really, really, really good. Really good. You know, I want to go back to, to Genesis where God looked at the world and he said, this is good. You know, I want you to feel that inside of you, like this relationship I have with God, this is good. You know, it, it's, not, it's not an overnight sensation. It's not an overnight fix. It's not a, a snap my fingers and I'm good again. It, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes dedication. It takes working through those seasons of high enthusiasm and deep, dark, low valleys of, man, this is work. You got to work through that, though. If you want to be good soil, you got to work through it. So I, wanna, I wanted to put this in some very practical application. I wanted, I wanted to have a, just some thought, some free-form conversation about what I thought this could look like or what I think, you know, different things are. You know, the first question you have to ask yourself is, where, where does, what does my heart look like? You know, is my heart one of these or is it a mixture of a couple of these? Like, what does my heart really look like? And, and I say really because, like, we all want to sit here and say, yes, my heart's the good soil. And I don't think we're always the good soil. I think there's moments where, you know, we could be the path one day getting pecked up by birds because we just don't care. Thorns another day because we got influenced by the wrong outside voices. And then back to good soil because we push through these, these valleys, these low points in our faith to get back to the mountaintop. But, you know, I, the, the goal, the overarching goal is to consistently be good soil, be quality soil. You know, and that starts with, you know, like I said, checking your heart. Like, what is your heart really like? Is Jesus to you just a part of your life? Like, is he someone who's like a good friend? Like, you're like, yeah, you know, this is my friend. I talk to him on a pretty regular basis. You know, we cool. That's it. Or is he? I mean, he is your heavenly father. Is that how you treat him? Do you treat him like your, he's your father? Or do you treat him like, man, you know, this is my friend. He's pretty cool. He created the universe. But, you know, we ain't getting too close because that is too personal. You know, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he already knows every aspect of you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your everything. But do you take the time to get to know him in the same capacity? You know, the, the first way to really do that, and the first, in my opinion, the, one of the first steps is, is to get in, into the Word, get in the Bible. I think last week I talked about version app, or maybe it was the week before, but I talked about an app that can help you get into the Bible that will send you daily notifications for, you know, a Bible reading plan. It can send you daily notifications for, you know, like the, the scripture of the day. Start there. Start with the scripture of the day. Read the scripture of the day. For the next, you know, six weeks. And then slowly build. Read the the chapter the scripture comes into. Or, you know, for two weeks, read the scripture of the day. For two weeks, read the four verses around the scripture of the day. Whatever it means for you. You know, start somewhere. Start, take that first step. Get in the word. The other way is prayer. And 
I think prayer is one of the most overlooked aspects of a Christian's life. Prayer is our direct line to God. It's our ability to have a full-fledged conversation with him that, you know, we, at one point, you know, people couldn't have. We get that opportunity. We get to be like, go straight to him. And it doesn't have to be this, like, formal, memorized prayer that's, like, super official or super fancy or whatever. You know, some of my best prayer times come in moments where I'm just kind of talking. I'm just having that sheer conversation and just spilling whatever on my heart at that moment. You know, a lot of that time happens when I'm out on the river fishing or when I'm in outdoors in the in general, because that's that's where I feel the most connected to God. Personally, that's where I feel the most connected is in the outdoors. A lot of the times it's, you know, doing some sort of activity like fishing or disc golf or whatever it might be right at this moment. But that's where like my prayer life sees its best influences. Because I'm just spilling what's on my heart. You know, I can shut my brain off and literally just just spill anything on my heart. Sometimes it's out loud. I mean, there's moments where I'm talking to myself out loud and I probably look like a lunatic. But then there's moments where it's just, you know, I'm just having this conversation in my head. It's important to be heartfelt in your prayer. I mean, he already knows your heart. So why not just share it? Why not get it off your chest? Because then you quit dwelling on it and you, you put all of what's bothering you in the hands of the person who can handle it, in the hands of the individual who will get you through to the other side. And that is the most, most important part, I think, of prayer. Prayer is not this key to be like, dear God, I want a million dollars tomorrow. Like, that's not what I think prayer is intended for. I think prayer is intended for us to take what we have um, troubling us, what troubles we have, and then putting it in the hands of the person who can get us to the other side. You know, and there's this long running quote and I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly where it's from. It's, you know, it's been tossed around thousands of times and it, it goes along the lines of the best way to start moving forward is on your knees. The best way to take a step forward is to surrender and pray to God. I'm not saying you got to get down on your knees and like, in this position to pray. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you've got to pray, though. Prayer is important. The next, you know, after, you know, we've been in the Word, we've looked at our heart, you know, we, we figured out how, what part of our life Jesus kind of fits into. You know, we've done some prayer. Now, 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 now is the last little bit here is, does Jesus permeate every aspect of our life? Not just when it's convenient. You know, not just on Sunday mornings at church or Wednesday nights at youth group or whatever it might be. Does he permeate our lives on a regular basis? And I, and I, I ask this because if you're good soil and you're cultivating that relationship, you saw what happened in, in Matthew, where, it's, where it produces a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. So if, if it's not, if it's permeating your life, like it's coming out of you 
everywhere. Comes out in your work. Comes out in how you participate in activities. It comes out with your friendships, your relationships, like anything like that. That it comes out. And that's there's nothing else to say about that. If you are cultivating that relationship with Christ and you're doing everything else, Christ is gonna permeate every aspect of your life. Plain as day. Plain as day. So wrapping up. What those are some practical things you can do, but like what what what? You know, like what are we gonna do? What can we do moving forward? Well, Take time. Take five minutes a day. Take ten minutes a day. Take take some set amount of time and pray. Take some set amount of time. Read the Bible. Start there. Start simple. It doesn't have to be this crazy, I'm going to read the whole Bible in the next month. No, don't. you don't have to do that. Just start somewhere. Take that first step. Once you take that first step, take a second step. And then so on and so forth. You know, at the end of the day, one way that I, I really do enjoy spending time in the Word is because of this. It's because of this podcast. Because I get to study the Word, and then I get to break it apart in ways that make sense to me, and then I can share with the world. And that's really all I'm doing, is going in, I'm... Looking at these verses, I'm like, all right, here's what I see. Here's what I'm pulling from it. And here is what, you know, some commentary may say about it. Like, I like, I like looking at those to compare my thoughts to what they are thinking and just yada, yada. That is what I do. That's, that's my process. That is, that is literally my process. I write down some notes and then I just go for it. And after doing that, if I need to get on this tangent and I, I feel like this is the direction I need to go, I'll scrap my notes and I'll just go for it. I, I, I put down this little outline, but I don't stay to it because at the end of the day, I'm letting God lead this situation. I'm letting God permeate into my podcast as much as I can. And I'm not here to toot my own horn because there's definitely areas in my life I could work on it where I could let God lead me better. You know, work. That's a great one for me. Like, my job is stressful. My my job is a lot from time to time, and I don't always let God lead. Sometimes I bow to the stress. Sometimes I let the stress get the best of me or whatever. You know, that's an area where I can improve, and I'm trying. I'm working at it. But the first way to improvement is identifying that you need to improve. You know, you have to identify your weakness and build on your weakness in order to know you need improvement. Like I said, take the first step. You know, find someone to take that first step with you. That's another great way of doing it. Find someone who's like, hey, I want to do this with my life. Can you help me? Can you do this with me? Will you send me a text at 9.05 to make sure I've done this today? And and go with that. It's such a great way to do things. It's such a fantastic concept to be like walking with other people who believe the same thing you do and are going to help you get to where you want to be 
And as always, you know, the podcast. If you want to reach out and you want to have these conversations, CTP conversations, you know, you can find us on social media. Instagram, best way to find us. Facebook, we're on there too, but Instagram, you know, beyond underscore the underscore water 419. I think it's underscore 419. Let me double check here real fast for us. But I, I'll have these conversations with you. You you want somebody else that you may not know as well kind of being that person for you? Because it might be easier for you? Yeah. Reach out. It is. And it's beyond underscore the underscore water underscore 419. That's Instagram. That is, that's who we are. That's where you can find us. Find somebody. Do something. Take that first step. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't be like, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. No, do it today. Do it now. Do it as we're having this conversation right now. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in this week. Come back next week as we continue our little mini series on the teachings of Jesus. But as always, live life beyond the water. We'll see you next week.